0: Hello my friends and welcome back. It's wonderful to see you. Today, I'm going to read you a collection of shorter fairy tales from our favorite collecting siblings, the Brothers Grimm. Normally, I save our shorter adventures for our TikTok channel and similar platforms, but these stories each are a bit too long for those places, so I decided to combine a few of them here and release them as a group. I hope you don't mind. With that, let me stop wasting your time and once again open our collection from the Brothers Grimm. So settle in and relax. Stay a while, and listen. The golden key. In the winter time, when deep snow lay on the ground, a poor boy was forced to go out on a sledge to fetch wood. When he had gathered it together and packed it, he wished, as he was so frozen with cold, not to go home at once, but to light a fire and warm himself a little. So he scraped away the snow, and as he was thus clearing the ground, he found a tiny gold key. Hereupon, he thought that where the key was, the lock must also be, and dug in the ground and found an iron chest. If the key does but fit, he thought, no doubt there are precious things in that little box. He searched, but no keyhole was there. At last he discovered one, but so small it was hardly visible. He tried it and the key fitted it exactly. He then turned it round once, and now we must wait until he has quite unlocked it, and open the lid, and then we shall learn what wonderful things were lying in the box. Sharing Joy and Sorrow There was once a tailor who was a quarrelsome fellow, and his wife who was good, industrious, and pious, never could please him. Whatever she did, he was not satisfied, but grumbled and scolded and knocked her about and beat her. As the authorities had last heard of it, they had him summoned and put in prison in order to make him better. He was kept for a while on bread and water and then set free again. He was forced, however, to promise not to beat his wife any more, but to live with her in peace and share joy and sorrow with her as married people ought to do. All went well for a time, but then he fell into his old ways and was surly and quarrelsome. And because he dared not to beat her, he would seize her by the hair and tear it out. The woman escaped from him and sprang out into the yard, but he ran after her with his yard measure and scissors and chased her about and threw the yard measure and scissors at her and whatever else came his way. When he hit her, he laughed And when he missed her, he stormed and swore. This went on so long that the neighbors came to the wife's assistance. The tailor was again summoned before the magistrates and reminded of his promise. Dear gentlemen, said he, I have kept my word. I have not beaten her, but I have shared joy and sorrow with her. How can that be, said the judge, when she continually brings such heavy complaints against you? I have not beaten her, but just because she looked so strange, I was to comb her hair with my hand. She, however, got away from me, and left me quite spitefully. Then I hurried after her in order to bring her back to her duty. I threw her as a well-meaned admonition. Whatever came readily to hand. I have shared joy and sorrow with her also. For whenever I hit her, I was full of joy, and she of sorrow. And if I missed her, she was full of joy, and I sorry. The judges were not satisfied with this answer, but gave him the reward he deserved. The Nail A merchant had done good business at the fair. He had sold his wares and lined his money bags with gold and silver. Then he wanted to travel homewards and be in his own house before nightfall, so he packed his trunk with the money on his horse and rode away. At noon, he rested in a town, And when he wanted to go further, the stable boy brought out his horse and said, A nail is wanting, sir, in the shoe of its left hind foot. Let it be wanting, answered the merchant. The shoe will certainly stay on for the next six miles. I still have to go home. I am in a hurry. In the afternoon, when he once more alighted and had his horse fed, the stable boy went into the room to him and said, Sir, a shoe is missing from your horse's left hind foot. Shall I take him to the blacksmith? "'Let it still be wanting,' answered the man. "'The horse can very well hold out for a couple of miles which remain. "'I am in haste.' "'He rode forth, but before long the horse began to limp. "'It had not limped long before it began to stumble, "'and it had not stumbled long before it fell down and broke its leg. "'The merchant was forced to leave the horse where it was, "'unbuckle the trunk, take it on his back, and go home on foot. "'And there he did not arrive until quite late at night.' And that unlucky nail, he said to himself, has caused all this disaster. Hasten slowly. Sweet Porridge There was a poor but good little girl who lived alone with her mother, and they no longer had anything to eat. So the child went into the forest and there an aged woman met her who was aware of her sorrow and presented her with the little pot When she said cook little pot cook would cook good sweet porridge and when she said stop little pot it ceased to cook. The girl took the pot home to her mother and now they were freed from their poverty and hunger and ate sweet porridge as often as they chose. Once on a time, when the girl had gone out, her mother said, Cook, little pot, cook. And it did cook, and she ate till she was satisfied. And then she wanted the pot to stop cooking, but she did not know the word. So it went on cooking, and the porridge rose over the edge, and still it cooked on until the kitchen and the whole house were full, and then the next house, and then the whole street, just as if it wanted to satisfy the hunger of the whole world. And there was great distress because no one knew how to stop it. At last, when only one single house remained, the child came home and just said, Stop, little pot. And it stopped, and gave up cooking. And whosoever wished to return to the town had to eat his way back. The Old Beggar Woman. There was once an old woman, but thou hast surely seen an old woman go begging before now. This woman begged likewise, and when she had got anything, she said, May God reward you. The beggar woman came to a door, and there, by the fire, a friendly rogue of a boy was standing warming himself. The boy said kindly to the poor old woman, she was standing shivering thus by the door, Come, old mother, warm yourself. She came in but stood too near the fire, so that her old rags began to burn she was not aware of it. The boy stood and saw that, but he ought to have put out the flames. Is it not true that he ought to have put them out? And if he had not any water, then should he have wept all the water in his body out of his eyes, that he would have supplied two pretty streams with which to extinguish them. Simile Mountain. Once there were two brothers, one rich, the other poor. The rich one, however, gave nothing to the poor one, and he gained a scanty living by trading on corn, and often did so badly that he had no bread for his wife and children. Once, when he was wheeling a barrow through the forest, he saw, on one side of him, a great, bare, naked-looking mountain, and as he had never seen it before, he stood still and stared at it with all amazement. While he was thus standing, he saw twelve great wild men coming towards him. And as he believed they were robbers, he pushed his barrow into the thicket, climbed up a tree, and waited to see what would happen. The twelve men, however, went to the mountain and cried, "Semsi Mountain! Semse Mountain, open! And immediately, the barren mountain opened down the middle, and twelve went into it, and as soon as they were within it, it shut. After a short time, however, it opened again. And the men came forth carrying heavy sacks on their shoulders. And when they were all once more in the daylight, they said, Simsi Mountain, Simsi Mountain, shut thyself. Then the mountain closed together, and there was no longer any entrance to be seen in it. And the twelve went away. When they were quite out of sight the poor man got down from the tree and was curious to know what really was secretly hidden in the mountain so he went up to it and said "Semsi mountain semsi mountain open and the mountain opened to him also then he went inside and the whole mountain was a cavern full of silver and gold and behind lay great piles of pearls and sparkling jewels heaped up like corn the poor man hardly knew what to do and whether he might take any of these treasures for himself or not. But at last he filled his pockets with gold, but he left the pearls and precious stones where they were. When he came out again, he also said, "Semsi Mountain, Semsi Mountain, shut thyself. And the mountain closed itself, and he went home with his barrow. And now he had no more cause for anxiety, but could buy bread for his wife and children with his gold and wine into the bargain. He lived joyously and uprightly, gave help to the poor, and did good to everyone. When however the money came to an end he went to his brother, borrowed a measure that held a bushel, and brought himself some more, but did not touch any of the most valuable things. When for the third time he wanted to fetch something, he again borrowed the measure of his brother. The rich man had, however, long been envious of his brother's possessions, and of the handsome way of living which he had set on foot could not understand from whence the riches came and what his brother wanted with the measure then he thought of a cunning trick and covered the bottom of the measure with pitch and when he got the measure back a piece of money was sticking in it he at once went to his brother and asked him what hast thou been measuring in the bushel measure corn and barley said the other and then he showed him the piece of money and then threatened that if he did not tell the truth he would accuse him before a court of justice. The poor man then told him everything, just as it happened. The rich man, however, ordered his carriage to be made ready and drove away, resolved to use the opportunity better than his brother had done, and to bring back with him quite different treasures. When he came to the mountain, he cried, Semsi Mountain, Semsi Mountain, open! The mountain opened, and he went inside it. There lay all the treasures before him and for a long time he did not know which to clutch first. At length he loaded himself with as many precious stones as he could carry, and he wished to carry his burden outside. But as his heart and soul were entirely full of treasures, he had forgotten the name of the mountain, and cried, "Similai Mountain, Similai Mountain, open! That, however, was not the right name. And the mountain never stirred, but remained shut. Then he was alarmed, but the longer he thought about it, the more his thoughts confused him, and his treasures were no more of any use to him. In the evening the mountain opened, and the twelve robbers came in, and when they saw him, they laughed and cried out, Bird, if we caught thee at last. This thou think we had never noticed that thou hadst been in here twice. We could not catch thee then, This third time, thou shalt not get out again. Then he cried, it was not I, it was my brother. But let him beg for his life and say what he would. They cut his head off. Thank you, my friends, for joining me for our story today. Your time is very precious to me. If you enjoyed our story, please leave me a review and a comment if your platform supports them. And share our little get-togethers with your friends. All of these things are incredibly helpful to get our stories out to more friends. I had such a wonderful time with you all today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow, where I will read a new tale and invite you, once again, to stay a while and listen.